ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is life. I'm your host, Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-host, T-Bone. How's it going, T-Bone? Doing pretty well. All things considered, doing pretty well. It's been a rough day. Well, first off, we're missing KJ for this one. That's not why it's a why it's a rough day. That that's should, actually a blessing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, KJ? Hope you're having a good night. But there's actually a legitimate reason why he's not here. We're gonna dive into it here in a sec. But it's it's been a rough day, and to say the least. But before we do it, check us out on social media at Three Under Par Pod. The number three, Three Under Par Pod. Twitter and Instagram, and wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate. Give us a review so we can hear from you. You can send us some emails as well. We got a few outside the ropes questions we're going to be doing later today. But to start us off, see, the reason why you need to check us out on social media is because I gave us an update. Or I gave an update to everybody out there of what's going on. So if you didn't see it, literally, we got robbed this weekend. Just straight up (laughs) robbed. I'm not exaggerating when I say this either. Like, so... What happened is that we record at the Cannon in Houston. Great facility, but the main building is under construction. And so we are in a temporary facility, literally right next door to it. We can see it out the window right now. And this is also where I work. They're my day job. And we're here, and we keep it set up here at the office so we don't have to take it down, back and forth, and whatnot. And somebody broke into my office, my work office, and stole the audio equipment. Thankfully, they did not steal everything. We still have our soundboard, mixer, but all the microphones, cables, everything just gone, vanished. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness. So I walk in this morning, and everyone's like, Scott, don't freak out. And I'm like, what? And they're like, look and they pointed to where it's usually set up and it is not there and i, I was like all right guys like where's the punchline? like wh- who took it what's going on and no it turns out my entire office was robbed so not only my stuff here but also all of our company cameras drones computers we got we didn't get cleaned out but we got pretty close it's tough bummer not to doesn't quite compare but I also got my windows smashed two weeks ago after a recording. Got my laptop stolen, so we're hurting over here. It has been a rough last couple of weeks for the three under par crew. So the reason why KJ is not here is because we literally don't have enough microphones for KJ. And, I and think he's a lazy bastard. <laughs> so if our audio sounds a little bit different today, this is why. But we do have some pretty good microphones here. Yeah, they're working good. Yeah, shout out to Vite Media for providing these microphones for us. I think this is a good transition to... uh, So normally with our shows, we start off with the tournament recap, which we will get to. But I think we need to go right into golf gossip. I totally agree. So I'm going to stay on topic here. I can't help but think, is is this karma? Is karma a bitch? Because for golf gossip, for the most part, we've been kind of trashing people for a while. Sure. Sometimes it's good good gossip. Some like, people deserve it. Some people deserve it. Yes. Like, uh, gosh, who was it? Dean Player. Dean Player. That's who I was thinking of. Gary Player's son who, like, bamboozled and frauded people for Masters tickets. Yeah. Who Who else have we had? I don't know. That Matt Kuchar thing. That was Matt <laughs> Kuchar and El Chop, El Toucan, whatever. El Toucan. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's well warranted. 
Uh, sometimes it's not. Like, yeah. like I would say one thing that wasn't well warranted was Michelle Wee and Johnny West. And we were just kind of taking a dump all over Johnny West. Be like, yeah. he's the son of Jerry West. Like, tall, good-looking guy, works for the Warriors, and then he gets to date Michelle Wee. Like, what a bastard. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, we... That's more just out of jealousy. Yeah, probably. that's true. Yeah. But anyways, I can't help but think, are we... Was this karma? Did we have this coming from bashing people for so long on golf gossip and these things? Maybe. You had an idea. Who do you think robbed <laughs> us, T-Bone? So... I actually came up with this. as uh, This isn't coming from Scott. He may, he may have triggered this thought, <laughs> but I'm thinking this could be the USGA <laughs> that stole our shit. They're coming after us. They're on to me. Scott's been bashing them for quite some time now. They're not on my good list right now. Yeah, so that could be it. Um, regardless, we're here. Yeah, we're they sent down a hitman. <laughs> and they it was broken in on Friday night, and I had left a little bit early because I was in that wedding, so had the rehearsal dinner. So I've you know shout out to James getting married, great time out there. But yeah, the hitman he missed me. Look, the USGA is not gonna steal. <laughs> the USGA is not gonna steal anything. They're literally anyone, taking our voice away. But if they were to, it would be from you. They would steal from you if they were gonna have to steal from someone. It'd probably be from you. Do you think it'll be me, or will they go after Justin Thomas first? Because they got into it over Twitter, another golf gossip segment. That's true. His following might be a little bit greater as well, mm-hmm. uh, for now at least. For now, yes. We're, we're, but, we're working on it. Yeah, it could be Justin Thomas, but I don't know. Something <laughs> just doesn't smell right over here. I I don't know. Yeah, they came all the way down from the headquarters to Houston to bamboozle us. Yeah. Rop is clean. Yeah, so USGA, you can you can just owe us whenever you get a chance. Write the check, USGA. <laughs> <laughs> that is to three, at three under par pod. <laughs> um, you know how to contact me. <laughs> you don't have to send your hitman. You yeah. can you can find us on the social mediums. Now it's yeah, it was it was a pretty terrible feeling. I'm not gonna lie. And I wish this was like a parody segment, but it's this is 100% true, factual what happened. We're sitting there in our usual spots, different microphones. Usually we have, like, stands, so we, like, are freewheeling, but now we have a microphone in hand at the moment, and... But the show goes on. Still going. The show goes on. It's like Wolf of Wall Street. The show goes on. <laughs> Love it. So that's what's going on here in Houston. Did you play any golf this weekend, T-Bone? I did. I played yesterday. Oh, nice. How'd it go? Uh, pretty terrible. I'll give a shout-out to my buddy, Doug who beat me for the first time and probably, I don't know, it's been a no, while. No way. He wanted me to give him a shout-out. I'll give him a shout-out. He's a faithful listener. Ducky Damn, fresh. that hurts. Ducky fresh. But wow, shout-out the big shouts to Doug. Yeah. Man. So, But I was. I had a very rough day. It's. I haven't been that upset on the course in a while. Mm. Uh, helicopter and wedges. Um, <laughs> and here comes the putter throw. I just was quiet. And, like, looking at my phone because I was so pissed off for most of the round. Uh, it happens. That's yeah. golf, right? Yeah. That's why we do this podcast, though, so we can vent and get these things off our shoulders and off our chest. Because it's, yeah, it's that's tough. It's a brutal game. It really is. It's a very humbling game. So what would you learn? That you suck? Or that's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I learned. Um, you just actually, gave me, like, a deer in the headlights look. You're like, Do you know what? what? Do you know what I tried to? I don't know if the listeners are, are going to care about this, but I'm almost 
to the point where my mental game, I need to start from scratch. <laughs> because I went into yesterday thinking, I don't really know what my shot shape is anymore. I don't know if I hit a draw or a fade or what it's going to be. We talked about this yeah, in the course. Yeah, I say, you mentioned The that. reason KJ's good is because he hits this draw every time. And I'm struggling because I can't commit to either one. So I went out yesterday and I said, you know what? I'm going to shape some shape some shots today. I told my brother, I go, oh, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an artist just painting pictures out there today. <laughs> and oh, no. rope hook, slice. Famous last words. Oh. Rope hook, slice, pull hook, double cross. You name it, <laughs> T-Bone was hitting it. And I was fucking pissed. And breaking a hard hat. <laughs> Damn, I was doing some damage and was really upset. But uh, I want to play again. This game sucks. Yeah. Makes you want to get back out there because you don't want to feel like that again. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more golf here, personal golf stories at the end of the show, but we're going to dive into a little bit of PGA Tour talk. The Rocket Mortgage Classic. T-Bone, do you, do you remember what you said at the beginning of the year about this? I went back and listened to the audio. It was hilarious. I don't remember my exact words, but I know I wasn't. You're like, man, wasn't hyping it up too much. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, like in Detroit. In Detroit, first time they've been to Detroit in a long time. Uh, You know, Rocket Mortgage big sponsors, Ricky Fowler. He was like low key the sponsor, like the the unofficial sponsor. See, he was like embracing that throughout the week. Yeah, I mean, seemed pretty cool, I guess. He didn't. I don't know. Big. Okay, first off, shout outs to Nate Lashley. What a story that that guy has. Winner, first time ever on the PGA Tour. Wire to wire. Pretty incredible. Shooting a couple rounds in the 60s. Just so low. I mean, blew away the field too. Big shouts to Nate Lashley. So for those who are not familiar, Nate Lashley. This is from Will Gray on Twitter. He lost both of his parents and girlfriend in a plane crash in 2008. They went to go see him in one of his college regional tournaments, and on the way back home, they died in a plane crash. Gave up golf. He was literally flipping houses, but then played on the PJ Tour Latin America, Latino America, in 2015. Became a PJ Tour rookie in 2017 at the age of 34. You know, he had the Monday qualify into this tournament. Remember Brooks Kepka came out earlier this year and said he didn't think yeah. that he could even Monday qualify for this tournament? Well, Nate Lashley, he didn't qualify on Monday, but somebody dropped out, and so he was literally the last person in the tournament as an alternate, got in, and then now is a PJ Tour winner. Life changed completely. We say it all the time if you've been listening, but anybody who wins for the first time on the PJ Tour, it is a life changer. He, was, he wasn't even a professional. He wasn't playing golf. Four or five years ago. And now he's exempt into every single major tournament. He has FedEx Cup points. Gets to play in the Masters. That's one thing he talked about in the interview on Sunday after he won. He's like, I can't believe I get to even just play the golf course. Now let's play the Masters. He's exempt into the next three majors. And then he has job security through 2021. That's insane. I love stories like this. This is why golf is awesome. I feel like you never hear the Monday qualifier ever working out like this. Mm-hmm. This is really, really rare, and 
yeah, total life changer for this dude. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, say what you want about the course. First time playing in Detroit, as we mentioned. The fans are actually really cool based off everything that I've seen. As I mentioned, I was in doing wedding festivities all weekend, so I wasn't really watching too much golf. was able to catch a little bit on Sunday, but at that point, Lashley had just lapped the field pretty much. But great showing. I mean, what is she, 24 under, I think, somewhere around there? One by it's six. A birdie fest. Just oh, yeah. a straight birdie fest. Which, you know, that's not my necessarily favorite type of golf, but you know, it was fine. I think we you're it's like it's a weird time right now. July is going on. It's a dead just sports month in general. We got the open championship coming up here in a couple weeks. But I mean, if anybody's gonna win on the PJ tour, like you gotta win in the wraparounds in the fall, I feel like, or in those weird months between majors when maybe some of the better guys are taking a week off here or there. So, but big shouts to Nate Lashley. Overcome so much adversity, persevered, and now he's a PJ Tour winner. Not many people can say they're PJ Tour winners, and he can say, I have won. I have beaten the best players in the world. I, I, I love this. I love this. What else you want to add? I mean, not too much. I think you wrapped it up pretty good. Um, I guess just a few other things to talk about with the tournament. Uh, I thought it was really cool that, um, so just a little background, all of the European tour events, when I'm randomly watching those, the all the grandstands are red, and that's what it was at this tournament, so I was, like, confused watching the golf channel sometimes, <laughs> so it looked like a European tour event, but yeah. um, I think it's cool sometimes, like, every once in a while, not my style, but see people go really low, Cameron Champ, I want to say br- Tied or broke a record for a six-hole streak of seven under in six holes. <laughs> Shot a 28. It's outrageous. Uh, 28. 28. That's me after, like, four holes. Yeah, that is – that's <laughs> low. Um, good to see Smiley Kaufman back in the mix. Yes. Made the cut. First uh, cut, I think he's made Was sniffing the leaderboard, was maybe in the lead at one point. Yeah, early on Thursday he was in the leaderboard. I think he was first cut made in – 18 months holy shit yeah i might be wrong on that but it's been at least a year because he's had so many injuries and hasn't even when he has played he hasn't played well he's still able to play on that medical extension uh that the pj tour has part of their policy now but dude twitter was having a field day with this on thursday they're like "Uh oh smiley's army he's back like (laughs) let's go but yeah that was definitely cool seeing smiley at least back in the mix yeah I think that pretty much wraps up the the Rocket Mortgage. There was I'm surprised we had that much to talk about it, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, you know, whenever Lashley was going really low, and again on moving day on Saturday, he went low every single day. He shot like 2400. Like, yeah, you're going going freaking low every every day. I, th- I actually thought of you, T-Bone. Really? Yeah, I did because I'll, it's your comment of we want to cheer for the guys that we know and that generally the no names we don't necessarily cheer for but then again I was looking at the leaderboard there weren't that many big names up there so again if you're going to win this is a good week to do it you know in the final group you had JT Poston playing with Lashley um, not many people know JT Poston but and honestly I didn't know JT Poston either but when I was out at the players this year with uh, our friend Jackson Hazel Jackson lives in Sea Island with JT. And so we were out following JT for a couple holes. And 
Jack Jones is telling me, he was like, dude, this guy's been on the PJ Tour for like four years, four or five years, just steady. He's been able to keep his card, which is huge. You know, keeping your card is a really big deal. I'm pulling up the leaderboard right now. Well, first person to come up, Victor Hovland, because he's on my favorites list. Decent showing, T13. Doc Redman finished second. He, he's got a pretty pretty interesting story. I don't know too much about it, but turned pro a couple years ago. Um, this finish was able to get him at least special exemption for the rest of the year, I believe, on the PJ Tour. Rory Sabatini had another top 10 finish. That dude, he's been all over the map, and I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. It's Sabatini. Like, he's just... He is arguably the most hated person in golf, in my opinion. He's the he's up there with like Reed and he's the Sergio. previous Patrick Reed. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, Roach was up there. The only big name was like Brant Snedeker, Ted Potter Jr., Brian Stutter, Cameron Tringale. Actually, Patrick Reed finished uh, T five. Speak of the devil, um, first time that he's actually played well. I haven't I feel like we haven't really heard much of Patrick Reed in what since his Masters. He always comes around come Ryder Cup, but, well, he was in the news for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, not for the wrong reasons. Not for his golf, per yeah. se. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. A little bit of a slower week. Detroit, I know those fans were really fired up, though, to have a tournament. PJ Tour back, first time ever in Detroit. And they were pretty great out there. They were really behind Lashley, cheering him on, chanting his name. That was pretty neat because I think everybody really was able to grasp his story and it's great because we know a couple people who are trying to make it on the PJ tour I saw actually a really good tweet that was this is why people Monday qualify this is why people want to grind because outside of a majors let's throw majors out the window for this conversation anybody can win this just proves that anybody can go out there and win on the PJ tour that the talent pool is unbelievably deep and he's not even one of those young guys that's out there. He's just a, a seasoned mini-tour player, honestly. Who, who knows how many mini-tours he's played on outside of the PJ Tour. Like, down here you got uh, the Adams Tour. Not many people know about the Adams Tour, but there are some really good players like Preston Stanley who's playing out there. And Preston's one of the best players I've ever seen in my entire life. And, you know, Preston's still grinding, trying to get out there on the PJ Tour. So, um, again, big shouts to Lashley. Love it. The Monday qualifier. It works. It works. This is Exhibit A. It works. All right. Let's move on, T-Bone. Should we do some outside the ropes? Let's do some outside the ropes, baby. We got a couple of good questions, actually. So I was actually on Twitter on Tuesday, and apparently there's this really cool thing called Golf Chat. I thought it was pretty neat. Uh, they, It's like a lot of people, if they use the hashtag Golf Chat out there, they ask questions and people just chime in and it's like the a little bit of golf community on Twitter just asking different questions so uh, I'll, I'll, I want to try to bring in one of those questions that they discussed during the week so that we can discuss it here on the podcast so but this one actually comes from a listener Scott in Fort Worth he sent this in he goes what are your thoughts on caddies on playing with caddies Four caddies, just caddies in general. Because I've never played with the caddy, but what are your thoughts on them? He he just he left kind of broad. So, uh, Tiba, I'll, I'll I'll let you lead this one off. Like if you go to, let's say let's say Pebble Beach or any destination golf course, 
they don't really have many down here in Houston, but they got a few up in Dallas if you go up and play up there. If you go play, you got, like, at a really nice country club, you have a caddy that is there for you. What are your thoughts on just caddies and specifically four caddies? I've played with one, I guess, four caddy ever. Okay. Because, yeah, like, in the course I grew up on, you just didn't have them. I feel like it is pretty rare and too hot, honestly, mm-hmm. to have them here in Houston. Oh, yeah. But I went and played a course in Memphis. And to be honest, the guy didn't really know a whole lot about golf, but it was awesome. I loved having someone. Well, it wasn't, you know, they they weren't really a player, but they had just been a caddy at that course for so long that when with me being new to the course and having never played it, I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. I love being able to, I mean, where I hit some of my tee shots, like you just heard me talk about, <laughs> I need help sometimes. And then being out in the fairway, being able to track it down, uh, clean clean it's my gloves, great. clean my golf ball, maybe prop up my life. He actually would. He would clean off my ball and kind of tee it up a little bit. So yeah, K- yeah K- uh, prefer lice. Yeah, KJ would love that. <laughs> um, so, What's up, KJ? Overall, I think it's cool. I haven't really experienced it enough, and playing in Houston – it's just not that common, I feel like, or I don't have the luxury to play courses. Yeah, we don't necessarily have the nice. access to those courses. Um, but maybe one day. Maybe one day. I think it really does depend on just caddy, your caddy in general. Because there are some caddies who are great and then some who are just terrible. I think I like the idea of a four caddy more than just a regular caddy because they generally run down the fairway and they spot your balls. Kind of like what you were saying. Um, especially if if you're spraying it a little bit more like T-Bone does, you're more likely to find it. Even when we were playing at 218 a couple weeks ago, if I would have had a four caddy, I probably would have found a couple of those balls. Anyway, I digress. If you go to like a place like Pebble Beach, Spyglass, TPC Sawgrass for the first time, I would definitely recommend getting a caddy. Also, my, my dad's played a, a little bit of golf around the country, Band in Dunes. If you, I've heard if you go out there, go take a caddy because especially if you're not used to that part of the country like pebble for example the first time i I would have misread every single green out there and i feel like i'm a pretty decent putter and because everything breaks towards the ocean it doesn't matter if you're like it will break up the hill but if the hills towards the ocean it will go towards the ocean it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen so at least having a caddy in that regard it's like all right hit the ball here or hey miss it over there because golf is a game of misses so uh it is hard to trust them sometimes though because i don't know you from adam but you know the course and it's it's like the first time that they give you a, a wrong yardage or or something like that and of course it's never your fault if you hit a bad shot it's always the club's yeah, well, fault that is a good aspect of it you can always blame blame oh, them if you hit a bad yeah, shot that's a good point so yeah caddies again if you're going on a like a trip or whatnot I would definitely recommend always getting a caddy just because you don't know the golf course and you don't know what you don't know. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, This one actually comes from Garner in California. What's up, Garner? He asked, do you like push carts? Would you join the push cart mafia? (laughs) (laughs) So T-Bone, what are your thoughts on push carts? Uh, there's a time and place for them. I am not in that time and place. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> what what is the time and place then? I think if you're a certain age, okay, under twelve or over sixty, okay. One of the weakest moves I think I ever saw in golf was a few years ago. I'm not sure which year it was actually, but there was a it was one of the finals of the NCAA championships, and it was I think Stanford against Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. and Stanford has push carts, <laughs> and it was how do you yeah. how do you feel like how do you feel cool about that or and you know the response is oh we're just conserving our energy yep. and which it does but it's kind it of a bitch man kind of pulls your man you got to pull your man card if you use a <laughs> use a push card yeah i mean if you're under again i think if you're a junior and it's hot and it's in the summer or if you're older sure i'm i'm totally fine with that if mm-hmm. you're a college you're a college athlete. You're a college athlete, and you're using a push cart. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, it's not not a good look. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it, a lot of it does depend on age. Maybe I'm a little bit callous towards this because growing up playing junior golf in Houston, it is very hot, and getting a push cart never crossed my mind or my dad's mind, my instructor's mind. It was carry the bag. That's just part of the game. You carry the bag. It's also, look, I've, I, I think on our very first podcast, I like kind of bashed football players or whatever, high you, school football players. You did, yes. <laughs> so you guys can go back and listen to that one. Uh, We've come a long way since the how first do, How do I do that? How do I in good conscience do that? And I'm just walking along gingerly <laughs> with a push cart, <laughs> especially with what I wear with my pastels <laughs> that I usually wear on the course. That... If I was still in school and had a push cart, I'd get bullied. I'd get shoved in a locker, <laughs> get yeah. me a swirly or something. That's what I feel like I I would deserve if I used a push cart. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting. Dude, seeing – I feel like it's more of a thing in college, kind of like you were saying, especially – okay, the, the, the NCAAs is a little different. Well, is it – I don't know. I'm going back and forth on this because part of me wants to be like, just carry the bag. Conserving energy, my ass. But then again, we always say it's a scorecard, not a postcard. It doesn't matter what you do, and if it's legal and it will help you shoot lower, then you should probably do it. Kind of like with these all these professionals that are out there, they have the, all these teams. We're like, why do you have all these team of people around you? That's because they're literally doing everything they can to help reduce shots and lose shots out there, especially at NCAAs. You're playing... 10 rounds of golf in seven days or something absurd like that, especially if you're going all the way to the finals, it's a lot of walking. It's a lot of energy. Then again, like I said, pull the man card. But does it matter if you win? Like, I, I don't know. I think it matters. Kind of. I'm I'm not a fan of push carts. I, so he would not join the push cart mafia? I am anti-push cart mafia <laughs> What about I on think this it, one. What about post-60? Post-60, yes. Like my dad? For sure. He rocks the push cart. I love it. I'm not going to lie. He's got the straw hat going out there and the push cart. Yeah, shout out the dad over there. But he's a man of the people. Even under the age of 12, nah, carry the bag. Just You got to learn how to carry really? the bag. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I'm going to stick by that one. Maybe like I'm a too much of a golf hardo or golf traditionalist on this. But 
it's part of the game. There are some people who honestly still don't like carts. Because they think, it, especially some of the older generation, they think it takes away from the game. And for me, I'm, I'm like, where am I supposed to put the beer yeah. if, <laughs> if we don't have carts? But, yeah, just carry the bag. Push cart mafia. It's weird whenever you see, like, a group of foursome and they all have push carts. Hence the name push cart mafia. Yeah, if they ever allow those on the PJ Tour, I actually, like, might lose it. Because you're already allowed to have a caddy. And shout-outs to the caddies out there. Those guys are the unsung heroes of the PJ Tour. Um, They're starting to, who knows, because they are starting to switch to the more player bags as opposed to the caddy bags. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that's for advertisements just so they can kind of advertise bags that people would actually buy. Yeah. But... I don't know. I don't know how those caddies. Like, what's the purpose of having the the big tour bags? Besides the fact that it looks cool. I think they always the, the opportunity to just fit more ads on it. But even still, a lot of them aren't rocking it. I know it'll just be like a tailor made bag. Right. It's not it's like NASCAR massive. where it's, like <laughs> it's just a monster. Who does Tiger have on his bag right now? Like mon- monster. Monster. Are you kidding me? You're actually telling me that Tiger Woods has drank a monster. I don't think he's drinking a monster his entire life. No chance. Yeah. So what? Why? Why wouldn't you make it easier for the caddies to carry the bag? Why do they have to have a umbrella when there's a zero percent chance of rain out there? You have the full rain gear, the umbrella, the all thing, the other bells and whistles. I'm gonna go back to what you said. the The key is to save the most shots as possible. Right. Doesn't matter what your caddy does. <laughs> Give them hey, the heavy look, ass bag. I'm just br- saying. Put bricks in it. They don't care. <laughs> The caddies are the unsung heroes out there. Do you know what the three caddy rules are? No, what's that? Keep up, show up, shut up. Oh, is that from? I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Who's the guy who won in uh, in Hilton Head at the RBC? Remember he said that about his wife? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was another golf gossip. Yeah, that we kind of threw under the bus. C.T. Pan. C.T. Pan, that's right. Big shots to C.T. Pan saying that to his wife. Keep up and shut up. I don't know how that got brushed under the rug. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm not a fan of push cart mafia. Push carts. If you're over the age of 60, it's acceptable. Uh, that's about it. So carrying on that last outside the ropes, and then we're going to get out of here. Love these outside the ropes questions. We are actually really wanting to do an outside the ropes, just an outside the ropes segment or outside the ropes episode. Maybe we could do it on like a Thursday or Friday night. Maybe have a few cocktails while we're doing it. I think that could be pretty fun. <laughs> I really haven't run that by T-Bone. And he's giving me some weird looks right now. But it could be interesting. That sounds great. Yeah. So kind of going along with the push cart mafia, walking, carrying your bag. This question was from Lopez in Houston. He goes, so what's like? what are the differences between a walking course and like a stretched out course? Like a course that winds back and forth on itself, and versus like, what's the biggest advantage of having like a walker-friendly course, even though most people aren't walking anymore? I thought that was an interesting question. Um, what do you think? I think, for based off of how much I golf and the golf courses I'm at, a walking course doesn't do me too much value mm-hmm. in Houston. It's just too damn hot. Yeah. And since there's been golf carts invented, it's just hard to look back. And But in general, I think 
kind of some of the more traditional courses are, are walkable or older courses. The ones that you see that are like made for carts are the ones that are usually built in neighborhoods where you're going underneath tunnels or streets or yep. things like that. Really ha- courses that are just lined with homes, which I really don't like. It's yeah, almost more, like a, it's like your more modern day country clubs or something like that. Just everything yeah. is house lined. Yeah, which not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, because those houses tend to get in the way of my golf ball. Yeah, clay pots, windows, yeah, all that just stuff, shattering everywhere. Um, <laughs> I think I I don't know if I'm right on this, but I or maybe I think it's more appropriate to have those older style and walking courses up north. Hence why they have the whole PGA Tour kind of on the east coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, or West Coast. Yeah, people who live up there tend to do a lot more walking. Yeah, and same in Europe. Mm-hmm. They most courses don't e- they don't even use carts in Europe really. Correct. Uh, so I think a lot of it's weather based, and it's yeah. I mean, it's just going to be a lot more enjoyable. To, same with the caddy thing. It's yeah, caddies and walking and all that. I honestly like that a lot more, and I think it's more you know traditional aspect of the game and. I personally get a lot more joy out of doing that. But what, out of walking? Yeah. I've never seen you walk 18 holes. Or not since college. Yeah. Why would I? Exactly. Why would we? Because it's hot. It's, it's hot, hot as fuck. It's, all <laughs> it's also... And pa- I'm lazy. It's also a pace of play thing. I mean, you, whenever you're walking, you just... You probably... It takes an extra 30, 45 minutes, if I had to guess. Another, another very key aspect that I did not touch on is I like to drink beers on the course. True. Have you ever tried to walk while drinking beers? I have, actually. I will never it's forget. Not, it's not fun. I went, I was playing, we were playing on the Baylor Club golf team, Woo. and it was an, an unofficial practice. Okay. Because you bet your ass if it was an official practice, we were not having beers at a, at a Baylor Baptist Club golf official event. golf practice. True. So it was a Friday round. <laughs> I decided to pack my bag of a six-pack of Shiner bottles. <laughs> and thought it'd be pretty chill. Thought it'd be fun. Have a few beers. I I'm on the fifth hole, probably drinking half of my six pack, and I'm like dragging ass eighty yards behind the group, <laughs> trying to keep up. Yep. And I think I just walked in because <laughs> I was so weak and tired from walking and drinking beer. Yeah, especially those first couple holes are like straight uphill. Shout out the Cottonwood and Waco. But, yeah, dude, it, you're right. A lot of it depends on weather. A lot of it depends on pace of play as well. Down here, we just tend not to walk. The only walking-friendly months are probably outside of the winter, March and October, maybe November. Depends on how hot it still is. But even November, sometimes it can still get really toasty. Like, it's just... Yeah. I think November's a pretty... It's it's better, world. yeah. But right now in the July and August, like, forget about it. No chance. No chance. I think one of the biggest advantages of, like at least uh, that older style course, I like that I can see a lot of the holes from one spot. Like if you're standing on a tee box, you can see two or three holes ahead of you or behind you, multiple different holes. It's it's just different, and, and I like that. Another thing, the really really nice courses, you're they don't even have carts. Mm-hmm. Augusta, you're not going to take a cart at Augusta. Nope. Uh, I know the Memorial Tournament. Uh, up in Ohio, no carts there. Okay. Or if they do, they're cart path only, which encourages people to walk there. But I think in a lot of those nicer historic courses in the U.S., 
They don't have carts. I know at TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course, they have car paths there, but it is always car path only. You're not allowed to take it out on the course. Caveat, though, if you are playing with a professional golfer, then you can take the carts out onto the grass. Wow. Pretty fun fact. Did you ever get to do that? I never played with the PJ Tour <laughs> Pro out there, no. <laughs> I did not. That would have been nice, though. So, But, yeah, to your point, honestly, whenever I did play out there, more often than not, I walked. If you're having car path only, you might as well walk. Granted, though, actually, I got a pretty funny story about that. We were out playing some one of the other courses in the morning, and then we went and played TBC Sawgrass that afternoon. So I played 36 in one day. And my bright idea thought it would be a good idea to walk another 18 after I'd already played in the morning. And so we're on 16T, and I am just gassed. I am so just... I'm I'm done. I'm done for the day. But it's 16, 17, 18 at the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass. I'm not going to stop playing. And so the guys I'm playing with, they have a cart. I'm like, hey, guys, do you mind if I just, like, jump on the back, get a ride down to the to my ball in the fairway? And they say, sure, no problem. And I hop on the back. And then, but, like, where I was holding it, they have the umbrellas over the bag. And I'm holding it. And I didn't realize that that, that part isn't part of the cart itself. It's like strapped on, so I'm holding it just by then, and I slip from the cart and just eat it <laughs> right on the concrete. And shout out to Micah and, and shout out to Shoddy on this one. And they were like, wait, what's going on? And I like scraped up my knees and my elbows, just just ate ass just right on the concrete. Oh, it was so embarrassing. I, I don't think you're officially a golfer until you fall off, off or out <laughs> of a golf cart. Yes. It, let's just say it's been a while since I fell out of a golf cart, but... Yeah, that was probably the most recent time that I did. That's Sawgrass 16. There you go. Yeah, they still give me a hard time about it. So shout out to those guys. Good time out there. I think that wraps it up for this episode of the 3 Under Par Podcast. We appreciate y'all sticking with us. Check us out on social media at 3 Under Par Pod, the number 3, 3 Under Par Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Wherever you're listening to this, subscribe, rate, and review. But most importantly, T-Bone. Tell a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast. You are required by listening to this podcast to tell just one person. Come on, guys. We just got our shit stolen. At least tell a friend. We will keep y'all updated on how we are doing. Look, we're going through the necessary process and channels to uh, get all this worked out. So it might take a little bit of time. The USGA will be questioned next week. They're the first suspect, like prime suspect. Stick them on the wall, faces everywhere. Mike Davis, I'm coming for you. I'm just kidding. Like I said, they're not on my shit list right now because they did a really good job at the USGA, at the US Open. That's kind of confusing, USGA, US Open. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, we really need to go. But announcements, quick announcements. I actually got something. I don't know if I told you this yet. You ready? Let's hear it. I signed up for a qualifier. The Texas Mid-Am qualifier. You did tell me this. I did? Okay, yeah. So, Big time. Big time. Coming up, yeah, the qualifier's coming up in a few weeks. So I thought about doing the U.S. Mid-Am, but the U.S. Mid-Am is in Colorado during football season. Football season is one of our busier times around here. So I'm not sure if I could. If I did make it, I'm not sure if I could play in it. But the Texas Mid-Am is at Merido in Dallas. Love that golf course too, by the way. Fantastic golf course. So, yeah. Time to get the game in the shape. When's the when's the big date? July twenty first is the qualifier. And then the actual tournament is like mid September, somewhere around there. So time to get the practicing. Practice starts on the fourth of July this year. 
We're recording this on July 1st. We're playing a four-man scramble. KJ will be there. We'll probably be all over the social media and the social media platforms at that point. So, again, check us out there. Hope you enjoy. Happy 4th of July to everybody that's out there. That's coming up this week. Nation's birthday, USA, all the way. Well, thanks again for tuning in. And remember, little white ball is life.